Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yeah, welcome to a new edition of Warriors 24-7, a spinoff of the Rick Barry Show. Uh, Cyrus Soft is here, and I'm joined by a great guest. I'm very excited to finally meet him and to talk to him. Um, You've heard his voice on various radio stations. You've read his columns for the San Jose Mercury News, the Bay Times, and many others. A pleasure to have on the show Dieter Kurtenbach. Dieter, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, the pleasure is all mine. It's a, uh, I'm stoked to to do this with you today. Um, and we're recording this on November 9th. This is it's a little past one p.m. Uh, so first of all, I had never in a million years thought ten games in, and I hope I'm correct about ten games. Uh, yes. th- th- that the Warriors would be nine and one. That they'd have the best record in the NBA. Is this what you expected? What are your thoughts on our on our league best team? <laughs> Everyone believed that they were going to be a juggernaut. 73 wins stands, no chance of standing at the end of the season. I mean, <laughs> just uh, an absolute flamethrower of a team. No, I mean, listen, it, we, we do have to be fair and say that they've had the easiest schedule in the NBA. I mean, hell, they've gotten to play the Lakers. So it, it's, <laughs> it's yeah. one of those things. But um, I was... I, In the preseason, I was starting to buy in, right? I saw the way that they moved the ball. I saw the way that it felt more Warriors-y. And those who have been with us for the the full length of the dynastic years understand kind of what I mean by I when I say warriors E, they were, they were just playing a joyful brand of basketball is probably how Steve Kerr would put it. And yes. it, it seemed as if in the preseason, everyone knew what the hell they were doing. Even the new guys uh, just, just immediately fit in uh, that their skill sets merge perfectly with the established skill sets. And uh, when Kerr said that they were chasing wins this year, I, I had good vibes, but it was preseason. So you just didn't really know if that would carry forward. And right. turns out that no team in the NBA really wants to play any defense. And all of that cohesion that this Warriors team has on both sides of the floor is really good for winning regular season games. Um, I, I I had them as about like a five or a six seed, a, a team that would make the the regular playoffs but not have home court advantage in the first round. I, I think you'd be foolish of me should you know this team stay more or less intact to not believe that this is a team that can have home court advantage in, in the first round and perhaps beyond in the playoffs. They're really, really good. Yeah, you know, Rick and I uh, in the preseason as we were analyzing this team, our, we both were in agreement that the biggest issue for this club was size. Like we were very concerned. Mm-hmm. I mean, when Kevon Looney's your starting center, I mean, you know, if you remember when they drafted him, he was not a center out of college. He was like a small forward, <laughs> um, you know, so to, so to have him as your starting center was, was a little surprising. Draymond Green's your power forward at six, mm-hmm. six with, you know, a lot of rubber underneath those shoes to, to, to kick right. him to six, six. Right. Um, and, and it's been very surprising for me. And, and it sounds like for you as well to see them, rebound to see them yeah. play defense. I mean, they have the number one defense in the NBA, which is insane. Yeah. Um, I mean, like what? Yeah, I guess like the, the I, I, rebounding part. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I'm not, I'm not overly shocked that they have a really good defense. Uh, I am surprised along those same lines. The rebounding thing is crazy. The rebounding yeah. thing. Um, 
you know, my, my old colleague at the Merck West Goldberg used to say that rebounding is a sucker stat. Um, but really <laughs> that's not true because if you're consistently getting blown up on the boards, you're the sucker. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good way to lose a game. Just giving over free possessions, not taking advantage of possessions that are effectively turned over by the other team. But yeah, defensively, I'm not stunned that they're good. Draymond Green is playing out of his gourd. I don't mm-hmm. think that they have much of an option other than to ask Draymond to play out of his gourd. Andre Guadala uh, clearly had some sort of experimental treatment to reverse his aging <laughs> by about five years. He sandbagged for two years in Miami so he could come back fresh for the Warriors. Um, but it, there, there is one explanation that I have. And, and James Wiseman's coming back, and oh. I don't know what he will provide but he is tall and you can put him under the rim. And now mm-hmm. you have a modicum of rim protection. That isn't Stephen Curry. Cause he, or, or, you know, Gary Payton, the second who are apparently their current rim protectors. Um, they do have more height and width uh, at the wing positions. They and do. in this era of NBA basketball, where there are so few true centers, I think that just that general width, that general height, Otto Porter, Bielitsa, Wiggins plays bigger than he is. Having guys like that, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who plays bigger than he is, Peyton, who's six foot three, but might as oh, well be the center on this team when yes. he's in the lineup. Like they have guys who play bigger than they are. Steph, to a degree, has always done that. And Draymond, the best case example. And when you play a super switching defense that's active, you can get away with a lot of stuff. Stuff. And I, I, they're beating teams on energy right now. There is a very Utah Jazzian quality to this squad. There's, yeah. there's a bit of it's a bit of a formulaic notion on offense. They kind of know what they're about. They're just trying to do what they want to execute. Defensively, they swarm. Uh, James Wiseman's no go bear, but dr- they you know they don't have a Draymond <laughs> Green, right? So. Yeah. I just think that they're just a much better team. And we saw them have so much success at the end of last season with six, seven, eight guys just going absolutely to the wall for the final, what, 15 or so games. And, you know, that was fantastic. That was good basketball. The, The numbers that they accrued during that period of time didn't lie. They just ran out of gas. So they went and got guys who can play that style of basketball and help them in a couple of areas. So it's just that team from the end of last year, but better. And I don't know if that wins a title or anything that's really down the line. There's so much basketball to be played. My concern is that they don't have kind of that go-to wing and Andrew Wiggins isn't going to become that guy. Jordan Poole isn't that guy, mm-hmm. but man, this is a team that should win a lot of regular season games just because they're bringing it and they're good. Yeah. And, you know, and, and Dieter, uh, you know, actually, I actually, I'm actually one of the few people in this world who still reads and I actually read your column uh, and you wrote <laughs> this one that. and I, I read your column. Sorry. Not like yeah, yeah. you publish them no, all no, the time. No. Yeah. But you wrote one that, that stuck out to me. And, and I wanted to talk to you about that. And this is a few weeks back where you said this is not a championship team because they're lacking that mid range yeah. score who gets to those easy buckets. First of all, I, I cannot agree with you more in terms of the Warriors' need. And this has been a need, I feel like, for I don't know how many well, years. Well, other, um, other than the yeah. Kevin Durant years. That guy oh, could get course, a bucket but, whatever he wanted, yeah. Right, but even Durant didn't really fit that mold perfectly because he's not necessarily a post-up guy. He's developed that skill more yeah. so, but he's just such a lethal score that it didn't matter with him, yeah. right? But, but you did nail something there because... In 2014-15, people easily forget, for example, Mm -hmm. in the conference finals, they were down 2-1 to the Grizzlies, then they Mm -hmm. turned it around and came back. They were down 2-1 to the Cavaliers in that same series, 
And they were, and what, what changed that series and no one talks about this. Mm -hmm. And when I read your column, it stuck out to me is that what changed that NBA final series and turned around was the Warriors needing those easy buckets, especially in the playoffs. And I think that's why your column what your column emphasized that in the playoffs, when the game really slows down and baskets are so much harder and you can't just rely on those threes, even with the splash brothers, the Warriors had David Lee. Everyone forgets that David right. Lee was still a part of that team. And he really was the catalyst to turn that whole series around in game four because they just kept feeding him in the post. And he was getting an easy bucket mm-hmm. after easy bucket. And all, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, the confidence started to come back. Uh, and with this team now, are you? I, I know that, that that column's only been a few years since you wrote it, or a few years, a few weeks. But, <laughs> uh, but I guess, do you still feel that way? Because I really think largely based on how mediocre the competition is so far. I'm a little surprised in the Western conference, but do you think they still need that mid range guy? Or do you think they have enough with this roster to win the whole thing? All right. Time to take a quick break to talk to you about our official sponsor bet online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code is Believe50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your bonus. I just got back from Vegas. You could either deal with a mad crowd of people in an indoor place, or you can go online to betonline.ag and gamble from the comfort of your home from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Well, it, it really does depend on the competition, right? Yeah. Like, I think the Lakers are a, a legitimately bad team, so they I'm are. not even putting them in. <laughs> And there's nothing they can do. They, they've completely they, they've sold everything, and this is what they are. And this is this is the end game of LeBron. This is post LeBronism. So he's done. Yeah, he's done. In my and, opinion. Yeah. And so you know, it's like that's great. Uh, take them off the table. What are you dealing with now? I, I don't see Utah as a serious contender. They're too obvious in what it is they want to do. And by the way, this is Utah's big problem, right? They have a bunch yep. of guys who can, you know, catch and shoot, but when they need a bucket they have one guy who they can give the ball to, and he's going to be able to get up a reasonable shot. And it's Donovan Mitchell. And those shots are usually pretty unreasonable when you <laughs> consider them in the moment. Like that's their one guy. They, they want to have Dwayne Wade 2.0, but you know, Dwayne Wade had Shaq. And by the way, the game has changed dramatically since back then. Um, I, I, the Clippers are the team that would scare <laughs> me because the Clippers have some side. I think they're a matchup issue for the Warriors they are. here and now, but you have Paul George, and in theory, just in theory, because that's really all he uh, all he is anymore, Kawhi Leonard. And if you have two guys who can put the ball on the floor, score in bunches, score from the outside, score from the inside, I don't care if your ass is to the basket or if you're facing it up. Like You just need a dude who can put the ball on the floor and get you a bucket in isolation. And right. the, the Clippers have two of maybe five or six guys. Giannis is one of them, though the jump shot isn't there. He's just so good that he can go straight to the basket. Luca yep. is one of them, though you're then playing the percentages game with Luca. Uh, Harden is 
not one of them anymore, I guess. We'll <laughs> see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's the ultimate percentages game. Durant is uh, the ultimate. And you can make the argument that, you know, Chris Paul is an operator and a guy who can pull that off. Devin Booker is a guy who can do that. But I- I'm not buying the Suns right now. They'll probably improve. But as of right now, we can view them as an afterthought. The, the competition just might not be there in the Western conference. And this team might go pretty far, but I have a very hard time believing that they're going to be able to get through as they did in 2015, Mm -hmm. that they're going to be able to get through the entire playoffs without going up against a dude. Who's just going to get his whenever he wants and has the capable support staff to win a title, whether that happens in the, in the NBA finals, Western conference finals, or in the very first round, I don't know when it's going to happen again. There's just not that many of those guys and the warriors don't have one, but mm-hmm. I just have a hard time believing that they're going to get through, you know, Scott free as they did in 2015, when it was just LeBron, it was no Kevin love, no Kyrie Irving, not taking anything away from the warriors and winning that championship. That was fair and square but they needed Andre Guadalla to knock down a bunch of shots in that yes, they series. Did. They needed David Lee to come off from, you know, exile to come into that series yeah. and change the game. As you aforementioned, like they needed some things to work out the same way that they didn't work out in 2016 when they needed Harrison Barnes to knock down shots. And well, we know he how that didn't. went. No, yeah. he did not. No, yeah, that guy. And by the way, some people are talking about Harrison Barnes is most improved player this year. That's a total. He's been fantastic to be fair. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It only took him 10 years. I mean, he's always been a good player. He's always been a good player, but I I was just talking to somebody about Harrison Barnes versus Andrew Wiggins and sort of the parallels of those, you know, pre Durant teams versus now, because there's so many similar vibes and it's like, well, if you just wait another three years on Wiggins, maybe he has this Harrison Barnes sort of year, but that's my biggest hang up. Like that's the one guy who can give you that two way impact. He clearly has no issue putting the ball on the floor and trying to get up his own shot much to our chagrin most of the Uh time in an, on a night in night out basis. But like, he's just not that guy. And that's fine. That means he's still a very (laughs) good player, but he's just not that guy. And as much as everyone goes, well, what about clay Thompson? Clay Thompson only takes one dribble on free throws, man. Like that's just not his bag. And I know that, you know, there's been some TikToks and YouTubes and all that stuff of him, you know, Twitter videos of him going out and dribbling a lot. Like it's a lot different when he's in game, that dude is catch and shoot to the core. Yeah. Uh, and that's just, that's just not the style that you need to win in the ultimate crunchy of crunch times it, fourth quarter. Just think about game seven, fourth quarter, 2016 NBA finals. Nobody could get a hoop. Nobody could do anything. And the one guy who finally broke through was the dude who had wicked handles and could just create that separation. You have defenses keying in on Steph. Somebody else is going to get some space, but ultimately it's a rise and fire league. And the Warriors had no problems whatsoever when it was Steph and Kevin Durant, who could just get one on your head whenever he wanted and still can. Uh, They don't have that dude. That dude ain't coming. And I just, I have a feeling that that will be their Achilles heel. Now, all that to say, they're going to be awesome between now and whenever that moment of reckoning comes. And that very well could be the NBA finals. Yeah, and and I, look, I, I'm not disagreeing with you on anything you said. Um, where I'm more optimistic, first of all, I was not optimistic this offseason. This offseason, in fact, was the first time in recent memory where I've questioned the ownership, I've questioned the front office. I was, I was befuddled that they didn't go after Millsap. I'm still a yeah. little puzzled that the mid-level exception hasn't been spent yet. 
Um, but then no, sure it won't enough, be. It won't be. It probably won't be. Yeah, it is weird because Lake of, you know, I guess I just never have sympathy for billionaires saving money. That's just totally. never something I'm just going to sit here and go, yeah, let's save Joe a few bucks here. And I, why? Who gives a shit? The only time yeah. I've ever cared about salaries of players is when it affects the salary cap because mm-hmm. then it actually matters. Otherwise, why are we <laughs> shedding tears over a billionaire? But, but regardless, they've put together an impressive roster. And the one guy that gives me some comfort. Uh, it, which I never thought I would say is Bielica. And I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Uh, he, I, I, I've been doing it as Bielitsa, but that, Bielitsa. that could be wrong too. We didn't get his first name right for about a month. So yeah. <laughs> it's such a weird name, but um, and could this coming from someone who has the weirdest name ever, but uh, you yeah, know, maybe, Biel- maybe we shouldn't be judging on that. I know. Right. I know. Also <laughs> judge. We're talk show hosts. We're supposed to judge. That's, our, that's, that's, our game. that's what we're, we're good at. Yeah. We're, we're judgmental pricks and you just have to deal with it. But um, you know, Bielitsa, B- however you pronounce his name, he's been showing me, you know, in, in little spurts here and there that he could be that guy to give you those easy basket buckets. And again, who knows what Wiseman is going to give you um, when the postseason comes. But I'm looking mm. at the, the, the Western Conference. And if this Warriors team can get through it any year, I feel like this would be it because you're right. The Jazz yeah. are in second right now. They're tied with the Mavericks, but they have no championship pedigree. The Mavericks just seem thin. I mean, clearly oh, the Luther's- Mavericks stink. The Ma- like I will fade the Mavericks all day, every day. I just, I don't, I don't see it. I don't get it. They're poorly I don't coached. Either. They're poorly constructed. The whole thing is combustible Agreed. to the core. Agreed. You know, in the Phoenix Suns, I, I feel like last year was their best shot. That, again, this is just a total opinion. And with the Sarver thing looming over them now, and I, I just don't know if they're a threat to the Warriors either. The only team, in all honesty, I like what you said about the Clippers. If Kawhi comes back, I, I'm not confident in that. But if he does, they're a threat. Yeah. But Memphis is has become a hurdle for the Warriors. Like, they actually have to beat right. these guys now. You know, this is two losses in a row in overtime that were not a feel-good loss, not one that you go, well, well you know, yeah. the positives are this and that. No, that hurt. Like, that's now a hurdle you got to overcome. But um, anyways, Dieter, by the way, are you uh, on a personal level, like, what's your background? Are you a Bay Area person? Are you are you a member no, of Dub no. Nation? Uh, well, I, I think I think at this point I've covered the team so long that if yeah. I'm not a homer, it's uh, it's I'm doing a bad job. But, <laughs> um, I mean, what what more could they have possibly have provided me uh, as a fan of the sport <laughs> to to make me curmudgeonly towards them? No, I'm very much in on on what it is they they do. Please don't read any of the columns that I wrote the year after Durant left. Uh, that oh. would be very un, that would be very unfavorable to the well, Give me State an example. Warriors. Like like what did you, what did well, you I write? I just thought the I just thought D'Angelo Russell was. I understood why they made that move. I understood that there were no other moves on the chessboard, but D'Angelo Russell was antithetical to the style of basketball that they played. A disaster. Complete disaster, yeah. And it was just, it was, it was predictable to me at the very first moment. I, I, yeah, I very much got involved in sort of what I like to call the basketball culture wars of uh-huh. um, the late Durant era. And that it has so little to do with anything that people might think about there. Basically, it was good versus evil for me when it came to Warriors versus Rockets. Everything James Harden represented on the floor was uh, antithetical, again, to use that word, Agreed. to the spirit of the sport. And There's a term, Dieter, called sports hate that I love because oh, um, obviously it's not, the hatred's not real. I mean, I don't want James Harden to die yeah, and, I'm and sure drive off a sure cliff. He's a weird dude, but I'm sure he's a, a very uh, amenable fellow. <laughs> All right, time to take a quick break to talk to you about our official sponsor, Bet online we're back and better than ever a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props odds and lines than ever before bet online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season 
Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code is Believe50. That's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus. I just got back from Vegas. You could either deal with a mad crowd of people in an indoor place, or you can go online to betonline.ag and gamble from the comfort of your home. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yes, he he is obese, he, and he he's he's horrible to watch. He he almost killed the game of basketball single handedly. That's so what I'm saying. And in those series, I'm with you, man. That Rockets team was the bad guy. I disliked them incredibly. But, but please proceed. I apologize for Well, no, 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 not a problem at all. I mean, that, we could go on for hours about that. <laughs> it, it's yeah. just there was a there was an incredible confluence in my in my life of moving to the Bay Area in um, from where. Uh, well, I've been all around. So I grew up in Chicago, went to school at the University of Missouri, nice. uh, was in Chicago for a while after that, for a couple of months. And then uh, I was working. I love down Chi-Town. In, I love that city, man. It's, it's the best. I don't get back home is. nearly enough. And, and uh, you actually have some solid journalism credentials because Mizzou <laughs> is one of the top uh, programs in the country. So good. Yeah, for you. you can you can ask them. I got the diploma and everything. Nice. I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that they would say that they had nothing to do with me. But I, I get that <laughs> retrospect. They didn't really like me when I was there. And uh, I, I'm I haven't been keeping up with the, uh, the donor dues, so I'm sure that uh, there's still some separation there. You know, hot take artists is not what they were expecting to get when uh, when I first showed up. But you know, hey, you got to lean into what you know, what you're good at. In theory, uh, yeah, I was exactly. I was down in South Florida. I was working for the South Florida Sun Sentinel. I did that oh. for four or five years. After that, doing. Um, college football recruiting, did a lot of college football uh, beat coverage with the Hurricanes nice. and FAU and FIU and um, spent some time around the heat, covered the Florida Panthers for a couple of years at the NHL, was with the Dolphins a bunch. I mean, I did I did everything, burned out pretty hard. Uh, life uh, threw a couple curveballs, and uh, I, I had to move as far away from South Florida as possible if you're catching my you. drift. That place and, is a cesspool. So uh, uh, yeah. It's only so long you can spend time with $30,000 millionaires before you start to go crazy Agreed. So, leave uh, that in the rear view mirror mirror and never look back my friend so I, I wanted to hang out with a bunch of millionaires that dress like they only make about thirty thousand dollars <laughs> so i moved to the bay area the exact opposite of south florida in almost every way other than sunshine and uh uh i i, I started working for cambr as a as a guy who was helping build up the editorial site right like they, uh, they wanted to have a written word to go along with the spoken word and uh um it was about that time that you know, when I showed up, which was, oh, it would have been about this time, 2014, um, you know, the, the Giants had just won the World Series, but that was we were doing aftermath stuff then. So mm -hmm. there really wasn't anything to chew on. Um, you know, the 49ers were about to fire Harbaugh and, and everything was spiraling out of control at that juncture. So I was able to catch on for the last few weeks of that uh, uh. saga, which was a blast. But I. I, we needed something to just kind of anchor, you know, coverage. Every we needed something to write every day, other than you know, Giants blogging. And uh, I just said, well, you know, what's the uh, you know, the Warriors are here, like they're on the the radio, like we should be going to Warriors games. I live in Oakland, I can get down to the, you know Oracle Arena real easy. And and I remember the the guy who hired me goes, you know, 
warriors just don't draw on this market. They just, you know, it's one of these things where yes, everyone loves them. It's a good time and and we like them, but they, they're just going to break your heart. And so investing in that team (laughs) is probably not the best idea. And I I hadn't covered the NBA extensively enough. Like I certainly kept up, but like, I wasn't living it. Like I wasn't in the belly of the beast. I knew who the players were. Uh I could tell you who was on the all-star team, but all this stuff. And I, I just go, well, you know, there's nothing else to do. I just moved here. Like I should probably go and just do something. If I uh-huh. do something, that would be good. And I started going to Warriors games. And I remember the first half of the very first Warriors game that I uh, had ever gone to as a media member. I couldn't tell you who it was against, but I just remember thinking this is this is different. This is special. This is uh, mm. something that is uh, going to change everything. And I, I, I remember texting that to my dad and just being hmm. like, this is, this is it. This is it. This I'm going to attach myself to this. The third game that I covered was clay Thompson's 37 points in a quarter. No so shit. I immediately felt completely vindicated in all of my stances that everything was going to change. And, and I, I, I won't lie here. I might not be any good at anything that I do, but I latched on to the coattails of that warriors team in 2014, which honestly should have been too late in any other market. But in this one with the history <laughs> of the warriors and the fan oh, yeah. base like it was it was just early enough i latched on so goddamn hard and continue to latch on to this day that um yeah i owe them everything i i owe i owe that team being spectacular and special and by the way playing a style of basketball that you know as, as someone who has an opinion on everything uh, directly correlated with what I thought the ideal, the aesthetic yes. and principled ideal of basketball should be uh, a Chicago kid with a team coached by Steve Kerr that, oh. that, that added levels to it. I mean, it couldn't, it couldn't have been more cosmically aligned for me to somehow make a living doing what I do for no viable reason. So I thank the Golden State Warriors every day when I wake up and I thank them before I go to sleep because I pretty much owe them everything. So that's where I stand on things. Uh, oh, I love it. I love that's, it. That's where I stand on things. So if that puts me as a member of Dub Nation uh, or maybe a high priest of some sort, I, all Honorary, I know is that that is, that is something that I have tithed to uh, plenty throughout the years because, again, it, it is uh, – it, it was a perfect cosmic confluence. And uh, what what happened for those five years, living every minute of it, it felt um, inside and out and on the road and at home, it was uh, it was it was truly special and uh, not going to be replicated again. And it also has made me absolutely crazy. Uh, when it comes to defending Draymond Green, so that's that's maybe my my top top stance. That that's my religion, Draymond Draymondism. Everyone, some people got Clayism. Steph obviously converts people on a nightly basis, but I believe in Draymond Green more than any other person walking this planet, including Draymond Green. So uh, that's where I stand on it. No, I love that. And, and no, you're certainly an honor. You, first of all, you did join in at the, the most perfect time. So I, I worked at KNBR from 2000 to 2009. And mm-hmm. the Warriors were, with the exception of the, the We Believe team, which was really like a year and a half, maybe two totally. years of success. I mean, the, those nine years I was there, they were a disaster. And growing up in the Bay Area, they were a disaster. I mean, the, the Warriors fan base was one of the most tortured you could find exactly. in this country outside yep. of maybe like the Cubs or Red Sox who just the team. <laughs> Right. Year after year until recently when, when all these uh, these World Series droughts and curses or whatever you want to call them ended. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, you you came on board. And and I think 
for me, like, Ray, like I love the Warriors. Like, I, I grew up a basketball guy, and, mm-hmm. you know, so, like, I, I go back to the days of Chris Mullen and Sleepy Floyd, and I actually just interviewed Mullen last week, and, and I, I just, I try to limit the fanboy, uh, <laughs> right. uh, you know, like, like googly eyes at him. But, um, so, yeah, man, this, this run has been incredible. Um, I, yeah, and so Raymond Ritter, who's, who you, I'm sure you know as, as well as I do, and, <laughs> You know, so I, I don't know if he like took a a, a a fondness to me for the simple fact that no one ever really wanted to cover the Warriors just because of how mm-hmm. bad they were. And I was always the guy there every night, no matter what. Um, so I don't know if he I don't know if that's why he still shows me love, because for a lot of years, I was not a full time member of the media. And every time I reach out to him, he still takes care of me. So either that's just the class of individual he is or oh, he, he, he's all, know, he's all class, but it's justified as well. He he, knows, is. he he knows where the bread is buttered. He knows the OGs from day one. And, uh, uh, the, you know, mad respect to all those folks. I, I don't count myself in that class. I didn't have to suffer at all. <laughs> I showed up right as the time, though. Again, D'Angelo Russell, I did cover that. So I put in a year, but um, it was. <laughs> I mean, well, that, it, yeah. Well, that but. was irritating just because like, I, I remember when that first happened and, and, you know, I, I was, you know, I, I follow NBA Twitter. I see what the fans are writing about on there and, and it really drove me insane. I was losing my mind over how many people actually wanted the Warriors to hold on to D'Angelo Russell and see how him and Steph would work in the backcourt. And I remember I had to tell all these people, I'm like, are you out of your mind? Do you realize defensively that's never going to work? Or do you remember it was only three years ago when D'Angelo Russell was throwing his teammates under the bus and had an entire team hate him. And he had one good year with the Brooklyn Nets and I got him that huge contract, but he got to give Bob Myers kudos, man, because he saw the big picture. He flipped that for Wiggins and Mm -hmm. Kaminga and, Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, I, you know, this is a rant. I guess I have two questions yeah, for you quickly here. One is, um, as someone who's born or at least grew up in Chicago, I mean, yeah. you're not one of these psychopaths who thinks LeBron's in the same conversation as Jordan, no. do you? Okay, no, thank you. No, there, there's right. a level. There's a level of greatness, and by the way, it might be a level of psychopathy that is necessary <laughs> to to ascend to to Jordan's level. I just, I, I don't think that there's a no. similar winner. Um, no. I, I'd even have a. I'm, I'm not a Kobe stan or anything by any stretch, but he at least uh, better embodied the sort of class of player that Jordan Agreed. was in terms of uh, devotion to winning. So, uh, and, and that ultimately is the, the separating factor. Perhaps that's where I find the Draymond aspect of things so interesting from the warrior side. It's obviously not even in the same conversation, same galaxy as, mm-hmm. as Michael Jordan, but the devotion to winning and the sacrifices necessary to yeah. do it and lead and lead a team. Um, I, th- those are the things that I find most admirable because without winning, what, what, are, what are we doing here? And, and honestly, <laughs> right. and honestly around the NBA, that is w- winning. I would say if you had to pull the leaders of teams, there's 30 teams. I would say that winning wouldn't even come out as the majority. I mean, it, it's, it's all lip service with winning. So I like guys who actually go out there and win and do the things necessary to play winning basketball, which is a very clear and, uh, an obvious thing when you see it and a very difficult thing to just manufacture out of thin air. Well, and it, and it should be an obvious goal in sports because that's really what the objective is, right? This is a competition and the goal is to win. It's insane to me how many people out there lose sight of that in, in a team sport like basketball or really most sports. I mean, there's a yeah. winner and a loser and, and the goal is to win. I mean, that is how I judge greatness. And I, that's one of the things I love the most about sports is when special individuals or teams emerge that embody that that's that symbolize greatness. And, and this Warriors team, at least that five year run was certainly 
fit in that boat. And I love them so much for that. But so many people just seem to like to focus on individual stats or, well, he didn't win championships, but you know, he led the league in scoring this year. It's like, yeah, but who gives a shit? What, what good did that leading in scoring do if you didn't win a title or didn't go, you know, go all the way with that. So yeah. I agree with you. I mean, winning there's, a, there's is- a fine line with that stuff. I, 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 I'm with you on that. There's a fine line with that stuff. Obviously you can be a great player without winning and circumstances uh, are sometimes there, but I, I, again, winning is the, the overall goal and it just yeah. doesn't feel like too many guys are, are actually that invested in it. They're more, you know, the celebrity of sport has created a very interesting brew uh, uh-huh. across the league. And while uh-huh. that's probably good for the uh, baseline fact that this is all entertainment, including what we do. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> it is. It, it, you know, it's my it, life. I know my life, it's how, it's how no, we pay kidding, the mortgage. Yeah. But like, <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, it, it is entertainment. It is, you know, it's good that there's drama and intrigue and guys who don't care and guys who do, but like, this is why I love the NBA playoffs. So uh-huh. much. You, you find out pretty quickly who's in and who's out, who wants it, who doesn't. And when you get down to the, you know, even the semifinals, right. You get down to those, you know, final four teams per conference. That's the cream of the crop. Those are two, those are teams that are, are ready to rumble. And uh, there's nothing better in, in my opinion, in sports, save the NFL playoffs. I love the, I love the NHL. I love the hockey playoffs, save postseason baseball, save March Madness, save all that stuff. NBA playoffs, best of seven series, the mm. tactics, the energy, just mm-hmm. the, the desperation that's apparent on every possession, man, that is some, that is the highest of high levels. And uh, I can't wait to to get back to it. It's, it's been, it's been too long, honestly. It has been around here. No, I, I, I totally agree. And it's, and it's so pathetic on my end that so much of my mood, my emotion is dictated by <laughs> I how know these it. warriors do. I, I know it. I have to suppress it even. And it's like, yeah. that's my job to pr- suppress it. So maybe I've gotten good at it, but yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I um, would recommend anybody go find Find, uh, there was some video I went off a couple of years ago about the Houston Rockets just being frozen. It was just like a five minute visceral rant about how much I, I despise that team. It was the most unprofessional thing I ever did, but it got great views. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel, I feel you very much uh, in terms of mood and energy oh. and all that stuff. But again, that's, that's why sports are beautiful. It gets us feeling some sort of way. It is, man. It's sports is so beautiful and it's such an amazing escape from from just the doldrums of everyday life. I, you know, uh, again, we're recording this on November 9th. Uh, the Warriors coming off uh, yet another win. And you mentioned the strength of schedule earlier, and it did surprise me. I actually like had to look it up. And and the Warriors strength of schedule is literally the easiest so far uh, yes. to start the season, It's which is bizarre to me because some of the competition I don't think reflects like the regular season records. I know mm. like, like they played Houston and they played the thunder twice, but I mean that, that Lakers team, they're still one of the favorites when the West, the Clippers team, you know, played them tough. Uh, you know, this Hawks team that played last night was just in the Eastern conference finals. Um, I do want to, I, I want to play the sound real quick. And I'd love to get your feedback on this because I understand okay. every team's broadcasters are oh, to oh, a geez, large extent I know what homers. this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the Hawks last night. So Stephen Curry scored 50 points and he, and he became the oldest player in NBA history to score 50 points and also have 10 assists, which is a, a fascinating stat. I mean, he surpassed Michael Jordan for that mark. Um, this is, but this is the sound of the Hawks broadcasters. I don't have their names in front of me. If you, and I don't know if Dominique and I hope not because I really want to hate on these people. Um, I'm pretty sure one of them was Dominique Wilkins. Yeah. yeah, but I don't. But I don't think the color commentator was as as egregious no. in terms of just how how off this was. Anyway, so this is uh, the Hawks 
Uh, this is about a 30 second clip. This is the Hawks play by play broadcaster uh, talking him when Steph Curry set the mark. Curry with the floater. I mean, okay, he's got 50. Is it really that big a deal? Obviously. I mean, you've won championships, you've been an MVP, you're going to the Hall of Fame. What's the big deal about getting 48 or 50? I don't get that. Yeah, they wanted that and they make a quick foul to get him out of the game. Hey, being a player, I mean, it makes no difference. <laughs> I mean, could you hear that? First of all, I just want to make oh, sure. Yeah. This, oh, okay. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, I, and that, so, I mean, my entire computer is covered in salt now. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like, honestly, if Trey Young was doing the same thing, how much you, Actually, you know what? Guys- Here's the yeah. thing, Cyrus. I, I legitimately looked up because Trey Young does score 50 points on occasion. I found audio on the same announcing crew. They underplayed Trey Young scoring 50. So Did they really? Yeah, they were like, and there's his 50th. It was not a thing. It wasn't like the Charlotte broadcast or anything like that or, or, or fits where, you know, you just kind of go a little bit bonkers and you do, you know, tow the company line and all that. Right. Like this, this announcer legitimately does not find pleasure in even numbers. That's incredible. I got to give him kudos for being consistent yeah. at least, but yeah, that's, it was lame though. It was lame. I mean, I was, was lame. <laughs> how surprised, how surprised were you that Kerr let him do that? I was stunned. Uh, so, okay. So side, so sidetrack on this, I went to Las Vegas for the first time in, I don't know how many years it's probably been like 10 years. My condolences. Uh, thank you. Because, um, I drove, I I'm definitely not in a place where I want to get on planes yet, but, but my future wife was invited to play in a soccer tournament down there. So she flew, I drove down and met her. Um, I, dude, Vegas is a shit show. I could not believe it's, it's how many absolutely babies. out of control. It's, I mean, more so now than I've ever seen. I mean, there's like babies and little mm. kids everywhere. No mm. social distancing. It's, mm. it's, it's almost like the, like if you didn't know the pandemic happened, you wouldn't if you were there. Yeah. Just because it's just like everyone's just acting like things are normal. It was insane. I, and so anyways, the whole reason why I bring that up, A, is um, my theory now is that all the people who have sold their homes in the West mm-hmm. Coast mm-hmm. and made a hefty profit and, and cashed out, Either they went to Atlanta or they went to Vegas. Because I always wonder mm. that, right? Like, let's say you live in the Bay Area, you have a home that's that's multiplied by 10 in value, right? From like right. $200,000, you bought it, you know, 20, 30 years ago, it's worth like millions now and you sell. But where are you going to go with that money, right? Because everything else is also super expensive. And I always ask, I always ask friends of mine qu- that question. I'm like, where are these people going that cash out? I think Vegas is it. I think Vegas is one of the yeah. two places they've all flocked to because that is such a cluster F bomb of people. But anyways, well, was, the other the other spot, what Denver, Austin, Atlanta's a good call. Those are expensive too. But those yeah, are expensive well, the, the, too. Yeah, that's, those that, were those were the proto expensive. Bozeman, Montana is a good one. Yeah, that's Bozeman a, is. Yeah, that they're flocking there. Seattle, Portland. I mean, but but yeah. but those places, even Bozeman. I mean, you still got to spend a lot of cash to buy a house. You're not you're not keeping totally. that huge profit. Yep. Vegas, I think you can still go there and and buy a relatively Ugh. cheap home, and it's understandable. Yeah, but you're, but you're I but also in Las Vegas. <laughs> so I was hearing the game on the way back, and I and I had the game yeah. on Hulu, and I'm totally driving on the five, going crazy oh, watching yeah. the game. So I couldn't I keep you. track as much as you did. So 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 yeah. can you enlighten me? I guess like so Steph just, should have come out. Ste- I mean, the game was over. <laughs> it was, you know, you can see the score bug on the the video you just played. I mean, the, the game the game was settled. I mean, it was clearly hunting for fifty, and that's. You know what? Uh, everybody in in Chase Center was was bumping, and yes. they need to get as much 
uh, goodwill and positive energies into that place as possible after the last couple of years. So I I don't blame anybody. And you know what, if you have a chance to score 50 on a given night, that's a nice milestone. But again, I'm not like knocking it in any way, shape or form. And I'm certainly not saying that 50 isn't uh, an important number. Like the Hawks announcers, it was just somewhat (laughs) out of character. It was somewhat out of character for Steve Kerr to not try to find a little bit of rest because Steph played the entire third quarter, which is now, abnormal right he always played the entire third quarter and now they've had this a little bit of a different rotation and then he played the entire fourth quarter up until he got lifted which like there was like four minutes left that's Um, incredible i didn't i didn't know that okay so that's that is not luckily luckily yeah it's not vintage current luckily he luckily had gotten some rest the night before in the fourth quarter but uh my goodness uh that was uh, right that was that was a back-to-back too that is very bizarre because this is the same coach that pulled Clay Thompson, when he scored 60 points in three quarters and was like, we're that's done. What I'm saying, yeah, good. that's what I'm saying. I mean, Steve Kerr 2.0, as they're saying now on the streets. <laughs> oh, man, Dieter, I feel like we can talk all day and maybe someday we will together. Yeah, uh, sounds good. You can, fo- you can follow Dieter uh, Kernbach on, on Twitter, at Dieter. Um, it's so funny, by the way. I, I, I called up, I spoke to uh, our mutual friend, Brian Murphy, recently, and I was yeah. like, I was like, um, yeah, so I'm, you know, I'm going to be having Dieter on my show soon. And he goes, oh, yeah, yeah. Nicest guy ever. You would never believe it, but he's 6'6", 250 pounds or something like that. I was like, I'm bigger what? than that. Are you bigger than that? So did you play football or like, like I yeah, mean, did- I, was, I was a real, I was a really shitty tackle. <laughs> I was the kind of, I was the kind of guy who, uh, this is, this is no joke. I was offered division one football scholarships in the hallway of my high school. Wow. Uh, and then uh, those scholarships were quickly revoked when they came out and saw me practice. Oh, son of a bitch. That's not <laughs> nice. Well, listen, Northern, <laughs> Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois couldn't, uh, you know, question their reputation, but yeah, you, you, if you see me, it's uh, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm built to block, but uh, uh. <laughs> I, the, the joke that we have in the Curtinbach household with my wife is we can tell when I need to, uh, to drop some LBs and I've been, you know, my weight's been wildly fluctuant throughout my life, but uh, okay. <laughs> we can tell when I need to drop some LBs because people ask if I played football or if people ask if I play basketball, right. I need to add some LBs. If people ask if I swim, that that's when, that's when you get on dangerous territory of you need to eat something. But, uh, oh. uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think the last time the, the, the doctor checked, it was six foot nine and about two. 285 pounds so yeah you're uh, 6'9 yeah yeah Damn, I, I, I love yeah this is why me and Draymond have such a great relationship he doesn't have a Napoleon complex next to me at all that's incredible that's where <laughs> you should have been playing basketball and you man I, I I'm a little 5'10 and I did the best I can you probably you probably came out with more athletic ability than me so uh I don't, yeah, it, I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I, I I'm good I'm good enough to be a uh you know a, a comfortable golfer and uh and a, and a nice bike rider but uh i i i generally suck and i also grew late in life so uh oh, that's... didn't didn't get to capitalize on any of it against uh against uh. unwitting children of my own age <laughs> and if you follow dieter on a on twitter and your handle again is at dieter d-i-e-t-e-r that's right i love the succession picture on your uh <laughs> your, as your background i love that show great show i haven't i haven't started watching season three yet i think i'm gonna uh, wait till it's all done and i'm gonna binge uh, the whole thing spectacular. but spectacular um... it's spectacular and that the uh the the screen cap is from the first episode of that where jeremy strong uh plays kendall is is about just the greatest manic performance in the history of television it was uh, (laughs) i i am so envious of you that you haven't seen it yet that you get to experience everything that goes on in that show for the first time as much as 
as much. I, I, I watch sports 99% of the time, but man, uh-huh. like I succession is one of like the two or three things that gets me to Saturday night live succession. And then the righteous gemstones are the only things that get me to stop and like, okay, that, that show is available. We are going to watch it right now. <laughs> and, uh, Oh my goodness. The, the episode that I was just able to watch last night before the warriors game from uh-huh. this Sunday. I cannot wait for you to see it. <laughs> oh, as long as no one spoils it for me. Yes. I'm not going to say a word. I don't I know. Even, you won't, I don't even, but... I don't, I don't want to. It's so good. I want to, I want to uh, get amnesia. I want to get kicked in the head by a donkey so that I get to live it for the first time again. That's where I want. Oh my be. God. I cannot, I cannot wait to, to watch this now. You just got me even more excited. Dieter, man, it was a pleasure and I hope we do this again soon. And uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and keep kicking ass. And, and again, you can listen to Dieter on KNBR. You can read his columns for uh, the San Jose Mercury News and the East Bay Times. Anything else you want to promote before? No, that's that's pretty much what I do about 100 hours a week. So cool. there's nothing Sounds else. Good. <laughs> you got the Twitter in there. Yeah, no, I'm 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 squared away. Thanks so much for having me, man. All right. And next show, uh, I'll definitely uh, my my compadre on this venture, Rick Barry. I'm sure he'll be joining me again very soon. Um, thanks again to Dieter. Uh, Kurdenbach for coming on and again these warriors are nine and one amazing love it dub nation we'll do this again soon take care presented by bet online Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.